Shalom, friends. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Jake Rubin. Welcome to MSU Hillel's The Weekly Kvetch. This podcast features news, interviews, and a whole lot of kvetching. So I'm excited for you to join me and my trusty producers, Sophie and Nate, as we dive deep into all things Jewish. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Weekly Kvetch. I remain your host, Jake Rubin, and alongside my co- alongside my producers, Sophie, Nate, and MSU Hillel, we are super excited to bring you a wonderful episode this week. This week, uh, Nate is going to be interviewing our guest, Molly Tolsky, who is the editor at Alma. So that is something to be looking forward to later in this very same episode. Uh, before we get started, though, we have a quick word from our sponsors. The Weekly Kafetch is sponsored by MSU Hillel, the place to be for more than 3,500 Jewish students at MSU. The Weekly Kafetch is also sponsored by Queen Esther, because she's a queen. Shalom, Weekly Kvetch listeners. This is one of your executive producers, Nate Strauss here, and I wanted to drop in and let you know about a brand new podcast that we just launched called Humans of Hillel. Humans of Hillel is a weekly podcast where I sit down with a current Michigan State student and have an interview to talk all about what they're up to, what they're thinking about, and what they think the future holds. My conversations have been absolutely incredible, and I'm so excited for you to check it out. You can find Humans of Hillel in the weekly Kvetch podcast feed. All right, perfect. Good word from our sponsors. Now uh, we are now we're going to move on to the next section of our podcast. Let's give them something to Kvetch about. Kvetch. 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 So uh, what are we fetching about today? What is so the topic? this week, I think is it Thursday, Friday is mm. the lovely holiday of Purim. And what do we eat on Purim that is so delicious and great and makes fried my whole chicken. year? Cheeseburgers. <laughs> oh. We eat fried chicken <laughs> all year long, but bacon. Yeah. <laughs> No, we hummantagen. Hummantagen? So, What's a hummantagen? Well, I if you're not Jewish and you listen to this podcast, um, bless your heart because you probably don't understand half the stuff we talk about. But <laughs> a hummantagen is a triangle-shaped cookie with different fillings in it. The triangle mm. is supposed to represent the bad guy Haman hat. So we eat it because he was a bad guy. I don't know if that's actually the reason, but that's the reason I eat him. <laughs> uh, Heyman is a bad guy. I tried to do bad things to the chosen people. And so now we eat his little his little triangle hat. And the funny thing about hamantashens is that, as Sophie's going to say, they can be filled with many, many different things. Uh, you don't eat them plain. There's little, little goodies on the inside, too. So for this week's Let's Give Them Something to Kvetch About, we're mm-hmm. going to Kvetch About which flavor hamantashen is the best flavor for oh, the hamantashen. Yeah. I will start this. Um, my personal favorite is cherry pie filling. It's just so good. You know, the mix between the cookie and the cherry, and it's just like bursts in your mouth like a boba mm. 
<laughs> and it just like creates like a great flavor experience. So that's my favorite. That's a what beautiful you- way to put it. <laughs> it is it really paints the picture. Well, I can go next. My I am the tried and true classic chocolate chip hamantashen fan. Uh, lately, though, I've been people have been spicing it up by putting some Nutella in it, and now oh, I'm so just good. like Nutella with chocolate chips. Sign me up, Heyman. Boo, boo. boo. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there it is. It is always fun. Uh, that's my favorite one. The chocolate chips. What about you, Nate? I. I don't know. I am a huge chocolate chip fan. I like the fruit ones too. For the sake of just providing variety, um, uh, my the, the place that has my heart, Diamond Bakery on Orchard Lake Road in West Bloomfield, Michigan, mm-hmm. makes an apple uh, hamantashen. Ooh. It's not necessarily apple pie filling because the apple pieces are bigger. Um, or I'm sorry. It, they are smaller than your normal apple pie filling. But they're still great. Love them. But the one thing that I also think we should talk about is um, our friend of the podcast, uh, Whitney Fish at Jew Hungry, posted a couple days ago of a pizza hamantashen. Um, so it was almost like a, a, uh, a Heyman, boo, boo, boo. version boo. of, boo, version of um, a Hot Pocket, <laughs> um, where it just sort of had like three sides or three edges and was filled with cheese and sauce. Uh, and so I'm interested in that. So I'm going to say that's my favorite flavor this year because I'm going to try That sounds it. yum. If you haven't listened to the Whitney Fish episode, I highly recommend it. It was a great episode. They're all great episodes. That's our secret. <laughs> <laughs> and if by the next time we record, you haven't listened to it, then just like Heyman, you get a boo. Boo. And we spin the ground. <laughs> yeah. What are you dressing up this year for Purim, Sophie? You dressing up as anything? Um, I'm dressing up as a college student. Oh. <laughs> well, that's very good. I'm going to be personally dressing up as Wonder Woman from as Gal Gadot from the hit movie Wonder Woman 1984, starring our favorite is- Israeli Jewish person, Gal Gadot. Uh, I will be wearing the Wonder Woman things. This is a costume that I just decided right now I want to do. So if I don't do it, come for come for Jakey Boy. Say, why didn't you wear it? So the all Nate, golden you, one. You, yeah, yeah, the all golden <laughs> one with the wings. Nate, are you going to dress up? You should wear. I am going to dress up. I um I have a banana costume that is always a really good part of Forum. Um, I think I'm yeah. going to go, though, as my alter ego, which is Jean Jacket Nate. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Jean Jacket Nate knows how to have a good time. He doesn't care if some schmutz gets on his pants from the snow because uh, he has his Jean Jacket on and nothing else matters. So cool. I think that Jean Jacket Nate will be what I, um, I go portrayed as. And I'll tell you, too, which is if you're not local to East Lansing, Michigan, then we appreciate our international following. Um, you know, we love you. We love you like children. Um, but if you are in East Lansing or thereabouts, we are um, at MSU Hillel. We're doing a food truck brunch on Friday. Like, Ooh. so forum starts Thursday night. Friday will be our our food truck uh, brunch, which is open to everybody. And the, the food truck, which is my favorite that I've ever had in the entire world, is called Bangos. And because Porum is all about like groggers and loud noises and all of that, we're calling it Porum with a bang host, ah. uh, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. So um, the incredible Rabbi Jenna 
is working on that right now, but I'm so excited for that. So if you come, you will see Jean Jacket Nate, I think, ready to go. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) It's plug, yeah. Um, I don't know. I love, Purim's my favorite uh, Jewish holiday. I like it more than Passover. I like it more than the high holidays, even though I do really like um, Yom Kippur. But... I like a I like a nice clean Purim carnival at the synagogue where you could potentially win a fish. Yep. Um, and all your wildest <laughs> dreams come true. And unfortunately, that's not happening this year. But that's okay. Sad. My parents would get so mad. I'd always come home with a stupid little fish. My dad would go, "Why did you just get a fish? You just have to flush the fish down the toilet." And I'm like, "No, it's my new fish friend." And <laughs> you just see kids walking out there with fishes, and you're like, "Their parents are gonna have a fun field day," and they realize that. <laughs> kids coming home with a fish <laughs> what we really should have questioned about today is what what animals should be given out at Purim co- carnival Ooh. instead of fish mm-hmm. I, I think dogs <laughs> ever the sh- partner with a local shelter everyone who wins gets a dog that's cute they have to sign a, a contract though that says they'll take care of them but you never know you never know who could be a good family the kids have to sign the contract <laughs> <laughs> sign it in a Find I, an ink. I also second dogs. I think dogs would be a great giveaway gift for any occasion. Uh, we make sure we don't adopt. No, ad- we adopt. We don't shop for these dogs. We get them from a local shelter and we partner with with good dogs that deserve good homes. You know, all dogs are inherently good because they're the purest beings on earth. That was let's give them something to fetch about. Hello, everyone. Uh, producer Nate here. I am. I have the distinct honor and the privilege to get to sit down in an interview with Molly Tolsky. Molly is the editor of Alma, uh, and we are very, very honored that she joined us here today. Hi, Molly. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Um, thank you. Thanks so much for having me here. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, our pleasure. It's it's really exciting on the Weekly Kvetch to have um, just such a wide range of guests and, and people to talk to us about what they're doing in the world. And uh we really couldn't think of anyone better besides you uh, than you. So it's really great to have you Um, right off the bat for those of us who, or for those who don't really know uh, your name or or kind of who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, So my name is Molly Tolsky, as you just said. Um, And I am a 34 year old woman a Jewish woman who lives in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and um, I'm a writer sort of by trade, writing's my background and what I, what I studied throughout school and grad school and sort of how I wound up eventually doing what I do, which is editing Alma. Um, for those who aren't familiar with Alma, Alma is a Jewish culture site. Um, we were founded in 2017. So we're going on our third birthday is coming up um, this June. And we're part of 70 Faces Media, which is a Jewish digital media company that runs a few, um, several uh, different Jewish uh, websites and online communities. And Alma is, yeah, it's really, it's become a place for for young Jews to meet and convene and talk about everything from pop culture to politics, to the news, to anti-Semitism, to um, identity and what it, what it means to be a Jew and what it means to be a Jew and all the other identities that we all hold at once as well. So that's, that's my very quick Alma spiel. That's awesome. Thank you. I, yeah, I know for me, 
um, especially during COVID-19, um, Jewish community and sort of accessing Jewish community has been very much about like what is on Alma's Instagram or like what are the articles that I'm reading. So I, I know that I'm a huge fan and I know that uh, everyone here at the Weekly Kibbutz is very impacted um, by Alma. So A, thank you for all the work that you're doing, but also it's, it's um, I think it's so interesting just the, the many different components to the, the kind of digital community as well as the content that is being created. Um, I understand too that, that, so you're the editor of Alma and you also played a role in starting Alma. Um, if that's yeah. true, could you tell us a little bit more about like um, kind of like what led to starting Alma? What, um, not necessarily what hole were you looking to fill, but also kind of like what was the community that you were looking to reach and, and that kind of a thing? Yeah, for sure. So. Um... So like I mentioned, I, I studied writing in grad school. And while I was in grad school um, at Sarah Lawrence College here in New York, I wound up taking what felt like a somewhat random internship for a um, soon to be launched Jewish parenting website. Um, and that, that website turned out to be kfeller.com, which um, is an amazing resource for, for Jewish parents out there. And um, so I, I kind of I got my start in the Jewish media world through that internship, which truly was supposed to be like a summer long thing. And, and I just, it, it turned out I really loved doing it. And um, I loved the people I was working with and they let me kind of stick around throughout my re the rest of grad school. And um, to make a long, like several years long story short, um, I eventually after working at Kfeller for a while, I, I eventually became the editor of Kfeller. Um, and that was an amazing opportunity for me, except it was also always a little bit funny because like I said, Feller is a website for parents, um, specifically mostly for moms. And I am not a mom. I definitely was not a mom when I was editing it when I was in my twenties and I'm still not a mom um, now. And so it was always sort of that funny fit of like, I love doing this. I love the online community that we're creating here for moms. I see how important it is for them to meet and connect with each other and talk about how their Judaism plays into their parenting and all of that. But I don't relate to it. I don't really fit in here. Um, and so while it was like a super fun challenge for me, and I, I learned a lot, like too much, to be honest, um, about parenting, I, I always kind of like had that little thing in my back of my mind, like, what, what would it be like if I did this, but for, for myself, for people like me, um, people in their 20s and 30s, people kind of still figuring out their lives, their careers, their relationships, all of that. So, um, so yeah, after editing Feller for a few years, I kind of felt like I, I eventually kind of came up against a wall where I was like, okay, like I, I love my job and I want to keep doing this kind of work, but I, I want to feel more passionate about it and more connected to it on a personal level. And so that's really where Alma, the idea for Alma came. Um, it had been something me and uh, my boss, who is Debbie Colbin, the editorial director of 70 Faces Media, we'd been talking about kind of very casually for a while, like what would a site for young Jews look like? What would that be like? And um, I kind of just, yeah, took took the idea and ran with it and did, you know, I did some research. I did look, I, I looked to see if there were communities out there like that. And there really wasn't. There were several like, spaces for Jewish women, um, feminist Jewish spaces, but there was nothing really specifically for the younger set of 
um, Jews. And so that, that, that at least that spoke to me on a personal level. And so um, that I really did feel like it was kind of a, a gap in the landscape that I wanted to fill. And I wanted to basically create the kind of website and online community that I myself would want to be a part of. It's incredible. I, I, you know, I think it's so it's it's exciting in a way too that like you were able to sort of um, not pivot. Pivot's not the right word, but you were able to sort of take this interest and this excitement in Jewish media and then turn it towards um, uh, an, a community, but also sort of like an identity group that I I don't think really was being served in the same way. Um, and so I think that's incredible. My question, I guess, for that is um, in my mind. Alma has, has really like, it, like boomed and, and taken off and, and all of that. I'm wondering if you, if you feel that from where you started to where it is now, do you feel like there has been a growth increase to the point where it feels like it's boomed? And also um, kind of like, what, what did it take to sort of get from point A where you are or where you were to kind of, you know, whatever, we'll call it like point D or E, right? Like we're definitely not close to Z, but also there's been a couple years in between. Yeah, um, it honestly, it, it blows my mind when I look at the Alma community today, when I look at our Instagram account, which has almost 80,000 followers, when I look at, you know, the thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that come to our, our site every month, it, yeah, it, it blows my mind. Like this literally was just a, an idea in my head, not that long ago, a few years ago, and now it's this full-fledged community and it, it feels really amazing and I it um I feel very lucky that the vision I had for this that you know I myself thought it was exciting and the friends that I pulled about it and other people were excited about it but you never know you, you know when you're launching something new you never know what the reaction is going to be you never know if people will actually um yes see themselves and it feel like it's you know something they want to be a part of and so the fact that so many people do is just like the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, and how we got there is, you know, it's, it's a lot of different things. So, you know, in the beginning when Alma first launched, I was doing, I was, it was a team of one. I was doing it all because it was, it was my baby. Um, and I, you know, I kind of had to prove the concepts. I had to prove that this is something that people care about. So I was doing everything from, starting and then running our Instagram account, running a Twitter account, editing, writing, writing pieces, editing pieces, getting everything up on the site, choosing all of the art for this, the everything, like making the newsletters, just doing everything. Um, and that I think was a really important time for me to sort of get my hands on everything and really like set the tone, establish who we are, what the, what the viewpoint was. Um, but obviously that was not sustainable. And so luckily, you know, so Alma is part of Seven New Faces Media, which is a nonprofit. So everything we do gets funded. So Alma was, was funded. We got our first initial grant from the UJA Federation of New York. And luckily um, we were able to kind of keep fundraising for it. And we got more and more people excited about it. And I think, especially if anyone's involved in like the Jewish communal world, you know, that like they're very excited about anything that speaks to young Jews. That's like always the group they're trying to reach. So I feel like we had a lot of support from different organizations. So we were able to slowly build a team. Um, so, you know, now the Alma team is me and we have an associate editor, Emily Burak, 
and we have an editorial fellow, Chloe Sarbib, and we have, um, you know, uh, somebody who's dedicated to helping us with social media. We have an audience development team. We have a business team. We have all of these people. We have a designer, video people. And so kind of as Alma was able to, to get more resources and grow our team, we were able to really put out more content, put out more um, fun stuff on our Instagram account and slowly start to build that audience. Um, and then I would say just in the past year or so, like you said, I think the pandemic in a weird way, we were, we were like well set up for the pandemic because everything we do is online. And um, so, you know, for the first time, people who maybe were a part of like in-person Jewish communities, they were used to going to events or services or whatever, they, they could no longer go to those things. And so they had to do everything online. And Alma was like right there being like, hi, like we're, we're here, we're an online Jewish community. We've been waiting for you. Um, and so, you know, I think even more people have been finding us, especially through our Instagram account is definitely the biggest, um, the biggest way that people tend to discover Alma these days because it's just grown so much. Um, and again, that's just, yeah, it's largely just, you know, make like making relevant content. Like, and I, I think, I, I think a lot of the secret to our success is that everybody on the Alma team is also part of the Alma audience and demographic, right? Where we're literally, we're creating the, the, the site that we all want to be reading. So we have a very um, natural way into like knowing what our audience likes because we are that audience ourselves. Um, so, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it, 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 I, to answer your question, like, yeah, I really, I, sometimes I just like look back and like look at the growth we've had over the past three years. And it's just, it's really incredible to me. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And I, I, I always am intrigued to like, um, just to see, you know, to go through, to log on to the MSU Hillel Instagram account and just to like scroll and see that so many of our students are reposting and resharing, um, you know, content from Alma. Um, or as of course, I'm sure that this is not uh, exclusive to MSU Hillel students, but um, they don't know that it's called Alma. They call it Hey Alma, um, which I'm sure I is like... I've had to get over, I used to like feel very strongly like, no, it's Alma, you have to call it Alma. And now I have gone the other way and I am, I'm totally fine with being referred to as Hey Alma. And in fact, I do it myself sometimes because it's easier to find us that way because there are other things called Alma. So that's fine. They can, anybody listening, it's go on, go on, hang that Alma. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, it's funny too, in Michigan, there's a private college called Alma College. Um, oh, really? It's a, yeah. And so I think it's very small, but I think like in Michigan students are like, oh, it's, there's Alma College and then there's Hey Alma, the uh, incredible uh, uh, Jewish feminist focused um, <laughs> website and, and platform. Um, yeah, I'm, Alma I'm, College I'm is the first thing that pops up when I Google it. <laughs> um, I'm curious about like, sort of, um, I guess this is two parts, so I'll, I'll phrase it in both ways. One, I'm curious a little bit more about like um, audience outreach and sort of how, you know, what your thoughts are on on reaching to new people. So I do know Alma had, um, I don't know the, the correct term, but I know there was some sort of like college student um, fellow program or sort of like street team program or something like that. And I know you have writing fellows as well. Um, I, I'm curious if that's sort of the strategy of like, 
like quote like peer to peer or um, sort of like consumer to consumer, um, or is that just like one of the pieces of of sort of this audience outreach puzzle? And then I'll ask the second part in a minute. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I would say, I mean, like first when Alma first launched, our main um, sort of way of of getting new people in the fold was largely through social media, and that's why like. I did spend so much time building up an Instagram page and sharing just like things I found were funny or relatable. And, you know, I think the idea was we wanted to kind of be putting out things on our Instagram page that somebody would tag their friend and be like, oh my God, this is so us, or we were just talking about this and that kind of thing. And so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's word of mouth through, through social media. And that is definitely something that started happening and that, that was great. Um, you mentioned the uh, we've had two different college programs. We've had a college ambassador program, and now we do a college writing fellowship program. Um, those to me were both like lovely surprises that I definitely didn't um, plan for when I was first brainstorming Alma. When, to be honest, when I first thought of Alma, I was think I was conceiving of our audience as post college. Um, I was, you know, I was really thinking like more like 20s and 30s because that's just where I was in my life. Um, And something beautiful that happened is that we got, we started, you know, we realized we started getting more and more college students reading us, wanting to write for us, um, which was great. Like, of course, you know, the, the more the merrier. And we realized that we actually had this like really untapped resource of like very engaged, exciting college students who yeah, who like wanted to, to share the word about Alma, I would get emails all the time asking, you know, if we had internships or if we had any, any opportunities for college students to get involved. And so that's sort of where the idea for the ambassador program came. So we did that for um, two years. And, and that was, yeah, largely like just encouraging college students to share content into their feeds that they found relatable, tell their friends about it if they were involved in the Hillel group or different Jewish groups on campus, like let people know, um, things like that. And um, since then we've shifted that program slightly. This year was our first year doing specifically a college writing fellowship where we're working with a smaller cohort of students. We have 18 students from across the world, actually. They're not even all in the United States. And, um, And we're really kind of like meeting with them monthly and giving them sort of a hands-on experience and advice about how to write for digital spaces and specifically for Alma and we kind of brainstorm ideas with them and things like that um but yeah that was a really like uh yeah a a fun a fun thing that I didn't see coming was the number of like college students we we even have some high school students who have written for us so I you know I I like to joke I'm actually now aging out of my own um publication as I near 35 this year I'm like becoming the old grandma of Alma which is fine I am I'm okay with this you could I, you, I guess you could be the grandma of Alma or you could be like the uh, supreme the supreme <laughs> the very accepting supreme overlord of Alma which I think could also be like a really fantastic option um, <laughs> yeah I can add that to my business card that's good <laughs> <laughs> there you go oh yeah um one question I do have, so you talked a little bit about how the audience has, um, it's just, I, maybe it's, it's that it surprised uh, you from your, from the inception of, of the, um, of the publication in the community, just of how like widespread it is. Um, I, I often sometimes, I think that as we see like high school students are becoming more engaged and involved, politically active, that kind of a thing, they come to college, they want to continue that, they graduate from college. Um, or they like go on to whatever their next step is. 
and they um, they like continue to want to do that. And and so as they're sort of um, not pushing away, but just sort of not finding themselves crossing paths with like traditional um, religious life, so like synagogue or like learning or whatever, um, that it's I think it's still okay to access Jewish community through. Alma through Instagram, meet people that way as well, um, view different content. I, I'm curious about your, um, or about Alma's sort of stance, take, um, kind of like, this is not the right word, but like like preference on, on social justice and sort of pushing out uh, or talking about issues that maybe aren't as fluffy or like, or um, like, evergreen content. So like stuff that that's just sort of can pop up whenever, but stuff that's more timely and sort of what that looks like. Yeah. Um, that's another thing that I feel like really kind of happens organically over time as the Alma audience sort of found itself and Alma writers sort of, you know, we, we started getting more, more writers contributing to us and, and also just the nature of the world that we've been living in as, you know, most especially last year um, with so much focus on the Black Lives Matter movement um, and other social justice issues like that is that, you know, for for a huge part of our demographic, social justice is not only hugely important to them, but also really Jewish to them. Um, we have, we've had a couple of articles touch on this. I can think of one um, written by an activist named Blair Nodelman who wrote, um, activism is the most Jewish thing I do. And it's sort of this idea of like, you know, there are so many young people who, like you said, like might not be going to synagogue every week and they might not keep kosher and they might not celebrate the holidays in the super traditional ways, um, but they feel very Jewish and they feel it's rooted in their values and the way that they see the world. And I think that's really beautiful. I, you know, I, I personally am very, very much the um, like access Judaism however you want to and whatever speaks to you speaks to you and whatever doesn't doesn't and that's okay I'm like a, a very much a like a make Judaism your own type of type of gal and I think um that's sort of you can see that in the, in the Alma vision which is um yeah not not shying away from those topics wanting to have those harder conversations I think especially like I said you know starting I mean, it, we, this has been the case since we've launched, but like there was such a heavy focus last year on social justice and anti-Black racism, you know, and that's actually where we saw a huge, huge uptick in our, in our audience and in our Instagram followers as we started posting a lot of um, informational uh, posts. I call them slide guides, but I realize that's a term I made up. So not everybody knows what I mean, but you know, like the sort of, the multiple slide Instagram posts with like information. So we had one about like how to talk to your white Jewish parents about anti-Black racism or, um, you know, the history of, of Jewish riots and how Jews have been involved in riots throughout history and, and why and how those worked out, um, things like that. And people, you know, I think again, it was the kind of information that so many young Jews were really craving because I think that people like to kind of be able to um, make that connection between the things that they care about and the religion that they were raised in. And especially for people who maybe don't really identify with the more religious aspects of Judaism, 
um, they can still really identify with that focus on justice um, and how it's 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 written into our text. It's, I think it's very cool that you can like look through the Torah and through our other ancient texts and you know, like justice, justice, you shall pursue. Like these are like in, these are in the words that we've been, we've been taught. And so I think people are, are really um, pleasantly surprised and feel empowered by the fact that Judaism actually aligns with those more progressive values. Definitely. I, you know, I will say I, I, it, it can be, you know, as we, the MSU Hill is a nonprofit organization that can be difficult to, um, to have pushback from people who are like, you should not post that or you shouldn't have said that. And I think that, especially for like the more personal experience for people, they might not necessarily know what to say when they wanna post support for Black Lives Matter in like a really authentic and not performative way. Um, and I think it, I truly in a sense, um, especially for, for young Jews that, that Alma is in a way giving them the permission, but also giving them sort of the tools um, to actually say what they want to say or like show the support that they're looking for. Um, and I think that that's something that it, it's, it's exciting. And it's also very inspirational to show like, this is a new, there's a new path um, when it comes to Jewish media and it does not have to be as institutionalized as it's been um, because the audience wants it. And, and I'm sure there are people who push back, but there are way more people who are in support. So that's awesome. Um, to just sort of start to wrap up, I, I would be remiss not, not to uh, ask if, if there's any secrets that you can share about the future of Alma or anything, one thing that you're excited that's happening or um, anything like that. And then I'll just ask both questions. What's like your, you might, this might be like picking a favorite child, but is there like a, a piece of content or a topic that's been covered that is your favorite or something that you were really excited that happened? Okay, that second one's going to be really hard to answer, but I'll 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 talk through the first one and maybe I'll I'll get there. But um, wait, now I'm already forgetting the first question. Oh, see, uh, question uh, anything? Yeah. yeah, surprises. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, it's not so much a secret because we sort of already announced it and it's starting this week. But like, I'm incredibly excited to um talk about our new Alma classifieds that we've launched. I don't know if you saw this, but um. Oh, yeah last last week um sort of in the, the lead up to valentine's day we um launched alma classifieds so this was sort of a an idea that popped into my head after um reading a lot of the comments on our instagram page um and kind of coming to the determination that the alma audience can be sort of categorized into to two i, I would say two different adjectives very sincere and very horny um, and we just <laughs> kept seeing people in the comments kind of like trying to flirt or just like calling out like, hey, like I'm single, any other like single Jewish lesbians here, just like lots of comments like that. And I was like, wow, we, we have a responsibility here to our audience to, to help them find what they're looking for. And so the classifieds as um, sort of like the old school way um, we're posting classifieds to our Instagram page that have no names, no pictures, none of the stuff that you would normally see on a dating app, just a little paragraph that, you know, describes who you are and what you're looking for. And we're doing them not just for romantic relationships, but people looking for friends or people looking for pen pals or, um, you know, 
whether they want somebody in person or virtual or whether they just want somebody who has a dog they can pet, whatever it is that they're looking for, we want to help them find it. So um, starting later um, this week, we'll be sharing the classifieds into our Instagram page and people will be able to reply to the ones that they like and and go from there. So I'm just, I'm really excited. I always, you know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, Alma is a two-way street between us and our audience. And I also want our audience to be able to have that communication with each other. And so um, that is something I'm very excited about. Awesome. It's so cool. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, choosing one thing I've been the most proud of is is really, really difficult. You can um, rephrase it too if you, um, if there's, <laughs> one like one thing in the past week or month that like kind of has like tickled you or something that was like kind of like funny that someone worked on that um that that was exciting um okay yes I have to look I feel like when I'm asked questions like this my mind goes blank and I can't remember anything that we've ever done so I just have to like quickly look through I'm just gonna look through Instagram. while you're looking I'll tell you um I I was like blown away by um and we at the weekly kvetch were blown away by is Shrek Jewish yes oh. um that was like very exciting and monumental and very influential for us that that actually is Shrek Jewish does represent one of my favorite kinds of articles which is like um not timely at all like not not topical Shrek came out like decades ago um ridiculous and informative and funny and uh yeah I really um I love you know I, I love all of our pop culture pieces that really kind of like break these things down in unexpected ways so I I'm fully with you on that I think sort of um you know in regards to that I've been excited about we have we're finishing a full year now on our weekly um, video series called And God Was Like, which is done by um, our former editorial assistant, Arielle Kaplan, who breaks down the weekly Torah portion every week on our Instagram. But um, she, she, she is hilarious and inappropriate to some people and not what you would expect um, the person talking about the Torah to sound like. She makes it very funny and sexy and weird and um it's just it's I've I've never actually studied Torah I don't have that kind of like Jewish education and so it's I've been really happy to like hear the stories of the Torah in a incredibly engaging and funny way and I feel like I've actually learned a lot um so I yeah I I, I think I think something that's surprised me in general too is like how many um articles and stories we've done on like on really like Jewy stuff. I know that sounds ridiculous that I'm surprised we do Jewy stuff, but like the <laughs> kind of like the the Torah stuff, like breaking down Torah stories and like breaking down the history of things. Um, I didn't necessarily think about that as something people would care about, but it's, I think people are, again are really excited to sort of view these ancient stories through a modern lens, through a feminist lens. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been, fun for me I've learned I feel like I've learned a lot about Judaism and Jewish culture through through this job so that's always um a nice perk awesome I yeah I, you know I like to say now like my my Jewish education is coming from Alma um 
or a, a major part of it, which is you know fantastic. Okay, and now we're going to move on to my favorite portion of the podcast, the bit where I rant about something. So, uh, Jake, what are you going to be ranting about this week? Well, uh, thank you for asking. So here's what I'm going to rant about this week. Designated parking spots. When you move into a place or you get a new job or something, sometimes you might get a spot that has your name on it. It's shiny and gold and silver and blue and orange and green. And it says, this is your spot in your spot only. But you can read. You assume other people who are driving have the capacity to read the English language. But when you pull into a parking spot and you, if I pull into a parking spot, it's not my own. I'd simply just reverse out and go into a different spot. But as we have been recording this podcast this morning, I received a call from my leasing office, from the apartment that I live in, that somebody that I'm parked illegally because somebody is in my parking spot. So here's what I have to say about this. Why do this? Why do this? If somebody's in your spot, I didn't park in a different person's spot because I know how annoying that could be if somebody is in your spot. So I parked illegally, but now I can't park illegally. I can't park legally. So how do they want me to park? They want me to leave my car in neutral until it goes into the Red Cedar River, I bet. What I want to do is I want to find the person who, who parked in my spot and I want to wish them a happy Purim. I say happy Purim and then I throw a home and touch at their face and we go boom, we do groggers at them <laughs> because nobody parks in my parking spot. The thing is, is that it's so cutthroat in this parking lot. I've never seen another parking lot like this before in my entire life. I mean, I've seen parking lots before. That's not true. I mean, that is true. I have seen parking lots. I've seen cars before. Did you not drive in the Bloomfield Hills parking lot? Senior year of high school parking lot. Yeah, that was a mess. (laughs) Here. Here's another side note. Uh, High school parking lots. Uh, terrible. I saw so many accidents in that little parking lot because the problem is that kids like to go reverse all the way, pedal to the metal, bam, you know, bam, and they turn the car and bam on the other side and they turn the, the other way, bam, and, and you know, it's just bam, bam, bam. And then it's like, come on, come on. We just want to have a nice little thing. I'm, I'm a fairly aggressive drunk. Excuse me. I'm a fairly aggressive driver. <laughs> I'm a fairly aggressive driver in all areas on the road, except for the parking lot. But uh, like if we were to go to a Lions game and like, you know, how intense those are to get out of those parking lots where it's like you're in the middle of Detroit and like there's a thousand other people that want to leave that parking lot. I'm not that great with that. I'm a, I'm I when I when I took my driver's ed test, I passed the road with flying colors and I failed the parking part twice. So uh I'm not the best Parker, TBH, but who's counting? Who's counting? Who's counting? Who's counting? Who is counting? Well, here's who's counting. I'm counting. And the numbers that I'm counting is the number, whatever the number is in my parking spot. I'm looking, I'm constantly looking outside because I'm worried that my car is about to get towed. But if my car gets towed, I'd simply just not tow my car because they'll have to deal with me and they'll have to deal with the weekly fetch and we'll throw homentations at them and we'll go, they'll be the new Heyman. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so here's the moral of my story. This story, this one was a little bit more reined in, Jake Grant. Uh, When you park in another person's parking spot, just simply think, if you see, if you're in Birmingham, downtown Birmingham, they have those spots for like those little workers that go in and they do their work jobs every day and every night. They have their predetermined parking spots. If you park in their spot, just go, why? I'm probably making somebody really bad right now. It's better to park illegally and make everybody happy except for yourself than it is to park illegally and legally and make 
<laughs> I heard reversing. I got scared. And then it is to park legally and make uh, cars be good. So that's the end of the Jake rant. And now we're going to move on to the 22nd tour portion. It's time for 22nd Torah. Hi, I'm Rabbi Jenna Stein Tarot, and this is 22nd Torah. This week's Parsha is Tetzaveh, which details the wardrobe for the priest in the temple. It's also Purim this Friday, which is a holiday where we dress up. When we dress up, we hide a part of ourselves, but we can also reveal something hidden based on the costume or the outfit that we choose. What can you dress up as that hides one part of you but reveals another? How can you uncover some hidden part of you by dressing up in a fun way? Okay, thank you, 22nd tour portion. Very enlightening. And now we're going to move on to Nate's favorite portion of the podcast, the L'Chaim of the Week. So uh, if you are unfamiliar with the L'Chaim of the Week, what we do is we give a shout out, a quick toast to something that we're looking forward to in the coming week. Something about the week that we just we just want to give a quick shout out to. I'll go first. My L'Chaim of the Week is to the weekend as it is always. I, uh, as of starting this podcast, I mean, as of starting, as of li- as the airing of this one, I am going to have two additional classes added to my schedule uh, that begin in March. So uh, my course load is going to go from fairly easy to semi-easy now. And so I'm going to enjoy my time off, not worrying about work and such. What about you, Sophie? Um, good question. <laughs> As yeah. always, I never think before these. Um, Me either. Yeah, I guess the weekend too. Mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah, I'll eat some hamantashen. Hell yeah. It'll be a good time. I'm making some, so that'll be fun. Get to eat my own creations. Well, good. That's exciting. What about you, Nate? Um, at the time that we are recording this, we are, um, we, well, we are recording this. We, we are very uh, uh, proactive here at the Weekly Fetch, so we are a little early, but um, I believe in Mercury retro, Mercury and retrograde. Mm-hmm. I know it's a tab- taboo topic, but um, this year's Mercury... Gatorade. I don't know what that is. Um, As that's just, just what I call Mercury and retrograde, Mercury and Gatorade. Okay, well, I'll go into a quick Nate rant about it. Um, the quick Nate rant, not <laughs> Nate, Nate rant, not Nate rant. Uh, the quick Nate rant is that Mercury goes into retrograde. It's a process where the planet of Mercury is actually coming closer to the the Earth, um, but because of gravitational pull, it actually quote unquote feels like it's being pulled away from us, um, and it's this process of like. You could look through a telescope, see the, the, the planet coming closer, but then it's actually, or I'm sorry. Yeah, it's seeing coming closer technically, but it feels like it's going away. Anyway, it, it changes everything. It's really messy. For the first two weeks of this Mercury in retrograde, which started in January, I had a great time. Everything was fine. Mm-hmm. But the last week has been really rough. Just a lot of things have happened. A massive snowstorm. I just like I couldn't like my pant leg was like bunched up and I couldn't stick my leg through my pant this morning. It was just a whole thing. Anyway, Mercury goes out of retrograde on on February twenty first. It's you know about five days after or before this podcast airs. Or this podcast airs five days after Mercury goes out of retrograde. I'm really excited. I'm going to throw my own little party. Um, it's just a big thing. So my lithium is to Mercury going out of retrograde. And staying the hell out of our lives for just like a couple more months. Get the heck out of here, Mercury. 
And that was the uh, L'Chaim of the week. Great. Well, Molly, thank you so much. Is there, um, is there any, like, if people want to find you, should they go to, to Hey Alma on Instagram? Is there any other place you'd like to direct them? Anything like that? Um, sure. I mean, Alma is hey.alma on Instagram and we're hey underscore Alma on Twitter. Um, we're also on Facebook. We have a, a Facebook group called Alma Pals that is for anybody who, who likes Alma and wants to chat with other people um, about anything. There's lots of random conversations going on in there. Um, and then personally, I, I can be found on social media at um, Twitter and Instagram is just my name at Molly Tolsky. And I, I welcome all new friends and followers and um, yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much again. Um, you know, it's, it, it, if people have not checked out Alma, check it out. Um, follow Molly on Instagram. Help her with, you know, add even more people to the followers of both that we just talked about. All of that, um, Molly. Thank you, and we will uh, pass it right back to our host, Jake. This has been the Weekly Fetch. I remain your host, Jake Rubin. Have a good night. And that's our show. Thanks for kvetching with us this week. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review and call a friend to tell them you love them. The Weekly Kvetch is hosted by me, Jake Rubin, and our executive producers are Sophie Dwaskin and Nate Strauss. This podcast is a production of MSU Hillel. Yalla bye, my friends. Theme music produced by Peter Cooley.